Peace. What's good, family? Drinking out of my King mug today. We talking with kings. Black dads. Shout out to Big Heck. Thank you, sir. He said, peace, God. Peace to the family. Peace to you, Big Head. I mean, (laughs) Big Head. (laughs) Big Heck. (laughs) Shout out to Karis Knopflin. Peace, fam. A1 Drizzy said B1. That's right. Kadbi Fatah Kusman. Okay. Drew Ford. I see you. Teacher Maria said, peace to your dogs. Why, thank you. That's Anubis right there. What up, God? (laughs) Beautiful mind in the house. As you can see, my audio is in sync with my motherfucking video today. Oh, shit. We feeling great. We feeling great. How y'all feeling this afternoon? On this Wednesday afternoon. Y'all feeling great? That's what's up. Let's get it. Peace, peace, peace. Welcome back to the Godcast. I feel good today. Um... Y'all can hear me. Y'all can see me. I almost consider just having to do like just audio. Like, will y'all just hear my voice and, and I'll let y'all see the, the, the guest or whatever. Or, you know what I mean? Because this shit was getting on my fucking nerves. But I think I kind of got to the bottom of it. So I cleared a lot of uh, memory on my computer as well as I'm making sure that I have nothing else running in the background. Um, You know, a lot of times I'd be guilty of like, you know, I'd be making a beat of some shit and I'll still have the NPC program up while I'm doing a live stream or some shit. I'm thinking maybe that, you know, could be uh, taken away from my processing power and all this type of shit and, So I'm just making sure there's no excuses and it seems like everything's good. When I move my hands, it's in time and just feeling good. Beautiful mind says seeing you is better though. I know, I know, I know. Um, No, I don't think it was the snow teacher, Maria. It's definitely some shit that was going on technically, but. I'm going to do my due diligence to make sure that my hard drive is, you know, that I put these episodes on a separate hard drive so it's not taking up processing power on my main computer. All right, listen, everybody, make sure you click that like button, click that share button right about now. Um, 
you know, this is not one of our uh, what's going on in, in you know, uh, current event type shows. It's one of those shows where Lord J does what he does so well, um, which is bring you some something or someone that I feel like you should be acquainted with. Okay, let me give my own self a round of applause for that. Um, yeah, like musically i just be knowing like if i hear some some shit i just know visually like filmmakers i brought i brought you the um the brothers from the bantic show like trust me those guys are going to be fucking big in the fucking future because i know real talent and and shit when i see it so this brother that I'm about to bring on in a few. Um, I actually g- got introduced to him as a musician. And man, he's a hell of a musician. Uh, you know, he's a conscious artist, you know, but not just conscious for conscious sake, like he's really talented. And uh, I mean, he could sing, he could rap, he plays instruments, plays the drums. Long story short, I did not know he was a filmmaker. So um, he sends me a movie that he did, tells me to check it out. It's called Black Daddy. Um, I watched the film and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> this is really this is phenomenal like this is really 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 good very well put together shot beautifully um you know it just speaks to the man's talent um and the subject matter you know is definitely something that we can relate to here on this show uh, me being a black dad, um, many black dads here, um, right now in the chat and everyone here in the chat, most people who are original either are or have a black dad. Um, so before I bring my brother on, I want to play the intro of the movie. Now the link for the movie is in the description. It's available on Vimeo. Um, I want you to go support the brother over there. But I'm gonna play a little piece uh, just to just to get y'all acquainted about what this movie's about and and how it's moving. And then I'm gonna bring the brother on. Um, let me set it up. Like, uh, wait, is that correct? Oh, no, here we are. There we go. Okay, let's go.
as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a dad. I'm going to tell the story from the father's point of view because it is often overlooked and the assumption is that black fathers are not involved in their children's lives. Over the years, I've approached music and videos with tremendous intent on sharing a positive light on the black community who can stand to see better days. It means a great deal of responsibility, you know? It means to be leaders. It means to be the narrative of our black children. You know, I grew up in a two-parent household. Um, even my father, when they divorced, they were still around. So I try to instill that same love to my son, pass the torch, and let him carry on for the next generation. I grew up out uh, in a single-parent home. And J.D.'s parents were like my cosmies for me, like going and going to J.D. house and seeing it. What a new family, family like how they, how they, how they operate. How they operate. Um, how they um, really it's hoping that, you know, that the, the, the world that we live in doesn't, you know, put so much pressure on you that you're not effective. Being a black father is teaching your, your children how to maneuver and navigate around white supremacy. Dan Drummer, Oakland, California, by way of Cleveland, Ohio. My reason for making this film is I really believe that any of us can find a child, but it takes a real one to do your dad. I think to be a black father in America is to be in a state of a joy and terror, <laughs> you know. Shot fired, bailed down, um, black male, maybe 20. Trayvon Martin, an unarmed black teenager, was shot down by a white neighborhood watchman who claimed self-defense. There's growing outrage over this video showing at least two police officers in Kenosha, Wisconsin with their guns drawn. The man literally just grabbed him by his shirt and looked the other way and was just shooting him. With the kids in the back screaming. We pause the video after he opens the door with his back to an officer and these seven shots can be heard. Being a black father in America <laughs> is hoping that you get to do it a long time. Statistics show we're likely to resist A novelty of sorts we cease to exist Back in the day we throw up the fist Ever wonder what parts of the blueprint? Clarity's a rarity for some Best day of my life was the birth of my son. Return of the Black King. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I like y'all to welcome to the Godcast my brother, Dame Drummer.
Peace, King. Peace, bro. My brother. What a wonderful introduction, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're more than welcome. You're more than worthy of it, brother. Um, let me just first say phenomenal work, brother. Phenomenal work. I mean, I know I told you over the phone, but let me just tell you face to, as face to face as I can tell you. Phenomenal work, bro. Like this. <laughs> it, it really blew me away. Like when you said, oh, check out my movie, you know, I didn't really fully know what to expect. Um, but it definitely superseded my expectations of just the quality, you know, the quality of it and just how it's put together like a real film. Like, this is not no bullshit. Like, <laughs> this is not no bullshit. Yeah, shot on some iPhone type of shit, unless you're going to surprise me. But this ain't no iPhone shit. This is like real cameras and, you know, lighting and 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 planning and and all of that type of shit um so salute brother salute Matter yeah fact. man appreciate that there we go round of applause for the boy so how are you my brother man i'm well man um life is is good life is moving fast man uh i've been on a uh, on a wild journey you know um literally over like the last 10 years man you know doing art and all that good stuff man and and um you know life is good man things are things are happening now so you know i i got put on to you i don't know how i don't know maybe you sent me something i don't know um like what was this, the song get get, get what, what you gave? gave yeah i sent that to you about uh about three years ago wow has it been three years already uh -huh. Get what you gave. So I'm sure it's still on my uh, page if they didn't take it down or some shit like that. Because we in the age where you might have just caught that just before the real hard censorship that's been going on right now. I think so. Yeah. Um, because I don't remember getting any flags or, you know, anybody wanting to fact check what you was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm I'm not gonna test those waters right now by by playing the video no. or anything <laughs> like that. But no, they know where to go get it. They can just go, get go it. check out "Get What You Gave," and I'm telling you, the song it's it's a great song, very well written. It's thought provoking at the least. Um, so just tell me a little bit about your journey, where you're from, you know, and how how we got here. Man, um, I'm from I'm from Ohio, man. You know the 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 home of the funk, bro. Um, grew up around a lot of music. Um, Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland. You already know two one six. And um, I grew up around a lot of music, man. A lot of influences, great music, great people, um, great neighborhoods, and you know, um, came up during that '80s, man. And we all know what the '80s was. It was it was beautiful, and it was disastrous you know all at the same time you know survived the crack era with my family you know that was hard um eventually went to school ended up playing some pro ball overseas in france uh after that you know end up yeah because you're quite a tall brother huh? how tall are you six eight mm. i kind of guesstimated that you were about six eight yeah um, six eight. yeah 
and 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 not to cut you off but during when you watch the movie you have a lot of clips of yourself when you were younger and stuff like that you have pictures of yourself and you definitely look like you know you was you was sugging it there for a minute i'm seeing you throwing up you know what i mean <laughs> like, hey. you was on you was on your street shit for a minute yeah we had to be man and I mean, he was a big boy doing that yeah big boy you know that but you know what though Jamar, that my 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 whole goal, man, was to try to get out of there and do something, you know what I'm saying, better. Although I did live that life, man, glorified it, loved it, you know. I had I had partners, you know. Um, I was always an artist, bro. And that was always the thing that I focused on, man. It was like hoop, hoop was cool, it opened up some doors, but I was a real artist, man. And I suppressed my art because it wasn't cool to be out singing you know, back then, you know what I'm saying? So I was doing other things, man. So, but, um, I'm glad that I'm, that I'm doing what I'm doing now, man. And like I said, so hang on when it's not cool to be out singing. Yeah. Are you, are you still secretly cultivating your singing oh, yeah. voice? Oh yeah. Right. Every day. Right. How <laughs> do how do you do that? Is it just in the shower or more than the shower? To be honest with you, it's all the time, bro. You know what I mean? And I sang in front of my partners, you know, it was, it was cool amongst them, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, man, all the time and it's still it's like that still. Mm. Okay. Uh continue. I was just uh, you know, just curious. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, after hoops, you know, I got married, man, and um I was married for 14 years, man, you know, uh two children out of that marriage and as of uh, you know, 2018 that it dissolved, you know, and then it's kind of like sent me into a a downward spiral, man, if you will. And, um, you know, the, there was three things that got me out of that, man. Obviously the most high was, was the, the power, but, uh, you know, I had some partners who loved on me, man. Like, uh, like I had never experienced before, you know, from some men, you know, and, um, music and my children, those three things, uh, are what give you black daddy because I never seen black men, <laughs> on screen the way that I was, you know, loved on through that process of, uh, of, of my marriage, you know, dissolving. And I said, man, I said, I got to show brothers like y'all, I got to, I got to show y'all on screen because we can't just be the athlete, the comedic relief or the ultra vi ultra violent man. Mm. You know, that's how we're portrayed on any screen. And so that's how I came up with black daddy, man. I said, I'm going to show you brothers, man. And I think it was it was really dope to show, you know, that relationship that you had amongst these group of brothers um, that you all have with each other. Um, and like as you looking at each brother and analyzing, it's like you could tell each one of these guys got some sort of consciousness. But at the same time, you feel like you can see that each one of them has been through some shit, too, that these ain't just no like regular like just some soft just regular schmegular dudes like these dudes has got some substance to them like you know what i mean like yeah and, um, and just the way that y'all were were vulnerable enough to just show y'all's relationship to the world and and just how y'all just struggle with trying to be men out here in this world i think is definitely uh an admirable thing um yeah so what even gave you the idea to to do something like this i mean you make 
music, you make albums and shit like that. What made you even feel like you can, you know, undertake something like this? Did you well, study film or some shit like that? Well, you know, being an artist, I always did music videos. Um, I came up with a lot of treatments for my videos. You know, my cousin came up with some. My cousin's a filmmaker, Kevin Taylor, mm. um, KT. I always watched him as a kid. So, you know, just kind of hanging out behind the scenes. But, you know, 2020, we all know what happened to 2020, right? You know, that's when that's when it hit the fan. And I think as an artist, we were all like, dang, you know, we, we don't got no shows, you know wasn't nothing really popping i mean that's when the guy cast really started popping right you know right around that time so i was like well what can i do to keep the keep the ball moving you know so i stayed sharp so i had some partners um who had cameras they were filmmakers i went to my boy salvatore fullmore and darius riley and leilani lay and i said man i want to make a film is y'all coming outside or not you know and they was like let's do it and mm. we and we got to work when during that time everybody was inside though man pretty much wow it was shelter in place for sure during the making of this film so so how was that i mean was it was it you know what kind of challenges did that present for you doing it i mean you know at first it was challenging you know casting it because i do got a lot of partners you know and, you know, just asking people, asking men to be vulnerable. That was a challenge, bro, because whether we admit it or not, man, we had talked about a whole bunch of other, you know, BS, but we won't talk about, like, the matters of the heart, right? So just trying to get brothers on camera, that was a challenge. But, you know, the brothers that you saw are are really, like, my partners, man, especially in the music game. We make music together, a lot of us. And, um, you know, they, they rose to the occasion. Other challenges were... You know, we shot it guerrilla style, man. So, you know, you know, just being out with cameras in a time where people is act already acting scary. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that was tough. And then um, you know, some things that were happening in the film that if people watch the film, they'll obviously see, but things that were happening in the film were were hard too that we couldn't, you know, really write, we couldn't expect for, or you know, so that you know, we had challenges, man. So what I what I thought uh was really dope about the film is how you intertwine all your art. You bring in your music um so it's like you have these small little almost videos inside of the movie um but each video correlates to something that's going on in the movie and and a lot of time each video has one of your partners in the video who you might have been just featuring showing that these guys make you and everybody's dope like everybody's dope like the songs are dope everybody's verses is dope like niggas got their own everybody's style is dope you know what i mean the gear and all like like everything like so just tell me about that part like um because it's not just a documentary you know what i mean like it got these these vignettes and but he's, it's, it's not like you're not heavy-handed with it either though mm. when these things come in it's like oh, it's not like oh here goes this guy trying to show me one you know right. it, it, it it fits it's supposed to be there at that point you understand what i'm saying like Already. that's how it feels 
Hey, Jamar, I'm gonna tell you something, man. I, I hate musicals, bro. Like, you know, go, you know, watching a, a movie that's a musical because I'm like that. I'm like, here we go, man. You're getting into the story, and then they just break out into a song. <laughs> you gotta sit through it, man. Why did you break it into out in the song? Nobody do that. Me. You feel me? So I'm like, man, I'm like, this is a real opportunity to just like really show how swaggy <coughs> we, we can get, you know what I mean? And and so I'm like, okay. We're going to talk to these brothers who are artists as well. And I said, you know, we're going to go back and we're going to create art behind what we're talking about. Because one thing that we know about our people, this is a this is a, a movie for our people, right? We know that we respond to music for sure. And um, I wanted to add that element because I'm a musician first, man. I'm not going to do anything without adding some music to it, period. Um, you ask my kids, man, and I'm, I'm, I'm cooking this music or I'm singing. So I'm going to do everything with music. So we got that popping, man. And um, it was everything that I envisioned, man. I, I, it came out beautiful. Beautiful. So the, the guys that you see in the film, um, Kev Choice, he's a man. He's just this amazing MC pianist. He's a classically trained p uh, pianist. He's an MC, a writer, a composer. Then you got uh, Kariga Bailey. Um, who's just a, a dope MC man? Um, who else we got uh, in the film? Oh, um, we got Ryan Nicole, who you don't see in the film, but her music—I got a soundtrack for it too, bro. That's why I'm mentioning all these. Oh people. wow! But uh, the soundtrack is dropping February seventeenth. Uh, dope, um, dope. Um, but everybody, man, is just super dope. And then Tommy. Uh, Solati Shepard, he's at the end when the credits roll. He's in a group called Alphabet Rockers, who um I'm nominated with a Grammy for producing with them, man. So all of these cats wow. are like solid in their craft. So it was like it was no way we was gonna miss, man. You know what I mean? And you can't miss when you're trying to drive a, a message to your people that's actually going to impact the folks. You can't give them nothing that they're gonna turn turn from, you know, or try to skip through. So we had to really execute everything that we was, you know, trying to do, man, musically. Absolutely. In an age where it seems like everything is uh, negative driven, you know, everything is, is uh, you know, people feel like they're going to get numbers by doing some negative shit. Like you and your friends could have came together and made a movie where y'all just was punching each other in the face. Um, you know, and, and it's in the times that we live in that, that will get views that, that would be intriguing to people, you know, why not, why not do some negative shit? Like why, what made you even feel like, um, <clears throat> you know, I want to, uh, I want to offer the people something, uh, that is useful, <laughs> well, you Man. know? Well, maybe you want to do that. Lived experiences, man. You know what I'm saying? You you come from the same place I come from, bro. You know, people in Chicago, people in, you know, all over our country, man. You know, you got to be tired of the negativity, I feel like. Even if you in it, at some point, you got to be like, damn, I'm tired of this. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm offering that remedy, man. I'm offering where it starts. You know, um, in this in this system that we live in, 
they they destroyed the 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 black family long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Um, long time ago, even um, through law, through you know slavery, through uh, prison, you know systems, we've just been destroyed, man. And I'm trying to really rally the bros up because if we operate in our godly kingdom order that 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 we know we can, bro, we gonna change the game, bro. And we out here on really on some animalistic behaviors a lot of times, man, out of necessity. And then some of us just like it. We glorify it, right? But I'm offering something else, man. What I love about this film is it, it's kind of remnant of the 90s, man. Remember that 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 energy in the early 90s, man, was like it had every it had the people, the young people, especially feeling good about themselves, man, feeling proud, feeling, you know, waking up. And then obviously we went back to sleep, but I wanted to offer something different, man. I'm tired of negativity, bro. That ain't the life I want to live. You know, even when I was younger, though, I came up in it and I even glorified it at times. But being a mature man and making music, I feel like my responsibility with my gift and my art is to share love, shine light and give and give messages, man. That's going to be good for our people. Facts. <clears throat> um. And that ain't popular. <laughs> and that is definitely not popular. Um, what'd you shoot this movie on? Man, what kind uh, of camera? Oh, the the Canon. I always forget uh, which Canon we shot it on. It was like a uh, like a Mark III. Um, we shot on an A seven III Sony. We shot on a GoPro 8, and then mm. we also shot on my iPhone 6. Now, my partners be riding me on that iPhone 6, but I shot like two or three scenes with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? But, yeah, man, we shot with um, we shot with some decent cameras, though, man. They were good cameras. That's what's up. Um, So, people, listen, the description, the, the link for the movie is in the description right now. Uh, we're going to have that up for y'all so you can, um, go check that out. That's it on the screen. It's on Vimeo. And y'all need to go support that. What are we charging? A What's a light, light $20, something like that? Light $19? That's a dub, you know? Come on, man. We spend a dub on nothing. Right on Nothing. We could definitely spend a dub to support our brother um, and his undertakings. A beautiful, beautiful family, beautiful children that you have. Um, Thank you, brother. Thank and they you. were definitely, you know, a big part of the film, you know. Um, They're a big part of me, man, you know. And um, I think any black man that I've ever spoken to, man, when you get down to to his core and his children is everything, man. You know, them seeds that come from his body is everything, man. So, you know, my children are represented and just as well as anybody else's children that I know, they my children too, you know, and that's, that's the vibe that we got to have for our community. That's the, that's the vibe that I envision for our communities. It's like, yo, yo, your children is my children, bro. You feel what I'm saying? It appears that you're in a school house right now um yeah am i mistaken no nah, you're not mistaken 
What, what, I, what you doing in the school? Man, living this thing every day. Mm. Uh, I'm a, I'm in a, a K through a, a pre-K through five. So, you know, I got everything from three-year-olds running around here to 11, 12-year-olds, man. And it's mm. about, our school is about 260, you know, so uh, right in the, in, the, in the middle of East Oakland. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. So you really, you really living it. You really about the seed. You really about saving the babies. Off top. Shout See, out to OAK. I, I, <laughs> I, what I love about this movie is that, yes, it, it helps to <clears throat> dispel the stereotype that black men are somehow these, uh, you know, irresponsible men who don't want to uh, mess with their children and they're, you know, they're just out here making all these seeds and and not taking the responsibilities. Like, do you know how many, and I'm talking like thug, like gangster street dudes that have like symbolically adopted their girls seeds and stuff like that, like have taken other men's children in and, and treated them like that's their own seed. Like, like dudes, you know what I mean? Thugs that you would, you know what I mean? I think have no moral value. Yet mm-hmm. these guys are taking in other men's children for whatever reason. You know, a lot of times some of these men can't be there. Yeah, because they're locked up or they got murdered and stuff like that. Uh, it's not just because they don't want to be there, you know, willingly. Some of them are forced not to be in their child's life. Um, and to see, you know, so many men, a whole group of men um, who are helping to dispel that myth. You even got the young man in the movie who, you know, he never really grew up with his father, but he knows his father because his father was locked up. But he has his father went out of his way to still even though he couldn't be there still make sure he was in communication and contact with his son son drops out a sack of, of uh letters and stuff from his dad and all that um that's a bar so yeah that's what i really love about this um this film because i know you know <clears throat> for whatever reason and and my pops is watch probably watching right now you know what I mean? Like, because me and my pops, now that we've gotten older, um, we've definitely come closer together. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, you know, him and my mom's had a little thing going on, although they still stayed married the whole time, but he wasn't in the household like that. You know what I mean? They, you know, they couldn't do it like that. But uh, that was always my pops. We always had mad respect for him and mad love. And now that I'm older, you see that, you know, shit can happen with the woman. And you oh, know what man. I mean? That's like, it. you don't know yeah. what the circumstances was. That's but it. all I know is, you know, he's one of my strongest supporters yeah. right now. Like, you know what I mean? He hits me with uh, informational research. I get all these texts from my, from my dad and shit. You know, like whenever we do a show, he'll, he'll then like, give me statistics on what we was talking about to show and prove that what we was talking about is right and exact, no matter what the topic be. 
Uh, so shout out to my dad, man. Um, and yeah, I just know me, man. I always been there, you know, even though my pops wasn't there, I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be there. You know what I mean? In the household and, and, and do my best then. You know what I mean? That's it. That's all we can do, seeds man. And, you know, one I relationship think, didn't work and, but you know, it is. That's, that's the part I want. That's the part that makes it, makes you able to bond with your dad man because when you start having your own lived experiences i'm talking about whatever you whatever we was tripping about with our parents it does start to settle and you'd be like oh right okay this probably yeah i i, I get it i get it pops or i get right. it moms you know what i'm saying you know we start to you start to understand and um me and my dad same way man you know we, me and my dad had a rocky relationship, man. Um, growing up, you know, for me, it was it was hard. My he was a very real hard disciplinarian, man. So a lot of my youth, you know, <laughs> it was funk, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, but when I got older, man, and I started having my own relationships and, and just experiencing experiencing the world for myself, man. I called my dad, man, and I said, Hey, bro, I said, I appreciate you for everything you did. I appreciate you for saving me out them streets because my dad came and got me, man. When it was when I was getting too wild out there, he came and right. got me. Right. Yeah, I remember yeah. I remember that story in there. And that's that's deep. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I remember having to chase down my son some, you know what I mean? When he was out there wilding, like literally on some fucking Kojak detective work type of shit <laughs> to find this motherfucker like you know what i mean like and i did it you know and it's it's just out of the love that we have for our children and i and and we definitely need something a frame of reference because that's very important to have we need frame of reference so that people have something to go by people have there'll be a model out there that they can look at besides you know, what's being fed to them in the mainstream media. You know what I mean? Um, the mainstream dad, black dad, is not necessarily like the black dads you're showing in this film. Um, you know, no, they're no, very no. stereotypical. They're very one-dimensional. Even when they try to make them positive, you know, they're still just, yeah, that yeah. ain't it. Yeah, no, no, yeah, we, 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 we definitely speak in the same language, man. And I felt like it was important, like even like let's go back to the to the the conversation about the brothers' lives, like you know, like down, sitting down. Um, I wanted to show the brothers that yo, it's it's no excuse. I'm like, look at this 15 year old kid. You know, what I'm saying his pop's been sitting down since he was four, mm. since he was four, but it never stopped him from tapping in with that boy, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about giving him lessons too. So it's like, you, even brother sitting down, you might feel like you can't reach your kid, man, but really your kid wants you to reach out. You know what I'm saying? Even though your situation is what it is, he still wants you to reach out they, or he or she still needs you, you know? And so you can tap in, you know, um, and don't let nobody tell you, oh, you ain't, you ain't no, no, no father, because you sitting down, you can't do nothing for him. Now it's a lie because that kid said, My dad gave me jewels that I use right now. And he's been sitting down since I'm four. Mm. So 
I, I, I wanted to make sure that I touch everything, man, because being a man is about accountability, right? We want to be accountable and, and we want to talk to each other like that, man, so we can, you know, get stronger. And so I didn't want to leave my brothers that was, you know, sitting down out of the conversation either because they very much still fathers, man, regardless of what your situation is. You always going to be that. And so, man, I just really, I wanted to just like really drive in some things. And especially we also talking about accountability from the sisters, too. Um, at some of these film festivals, man, I had women coming up to me with tears in their eyes. Like, I got to do better, bro. Mm. Thank you for it. Thank you for this. You know, and I'm just like the conversation that I've been having with the sisters was one of the things that I did not account for. I didn't take into account of how it would affect our women. And um, they being accountable, man, off this film, man, a sister said, you know what? I've been holding my, 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 my man back from going across state to see his kids because I'm insecure about his, him, me, and with seeing the woman, you know? She like, I got to chill off that. Matter of fact, I'm going to take him to go see his kids. I'm just like, wow, that's what's up, sis. And I'm talking about this is in the lobby after the film over. Tears in their eyes. Another another woman came up to me. She said, you know, I, I'm out of pocket because I'm jealous of the relationship that my son got. I mean, my, my, my man got with his daughter. That ain't mine. She had to check herself. You know what I'm saying? It's like accountability, bro. We're going to get into it. We're going to tap into it. And if you really want to do better, man, you're going to get around some folks that ain't going to lie to you. They're going to keep it 100 and keep you accountable so we can be better. Present. All of that, man. Mm. So let me ask you, like, one of these new age questions that, you know, if you went to another um, <clears throat> outlet, they might ask you. All right. Why black dads? What about white dads? Listen, man, that's a real easy one. <laughs> hey, what, what, what's all this about black dads? What about the white dads? Hey, what about them? You know what I'm saying? It's like, but the the, the honest the, the honest to God truth is, man, you know what I'm saying? Be a, be a father to your child, man. Come on, that's Ed O.G. and the Bulldog, man. Be a, be a father to your child, man. And um, but But black dads, man, that's where I'm from. And I'm tired of the narrative, man, like you spoke about earlier. I'm tired of the narrative of y'all painting uh, my brothers in this light. I'm talking about even the hood is the hood dudes, the OGs, the ones that wouldn't even let you play basketball on the court. You just had to watch. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about them guys, the drug dealer guys, They, if they saw something in you, man, they looked out, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like... They, they would do what's quality. called put you under their wing. Yeah. Yeah. They would put you under their wing. Or at the very least, they would do something that we, what we call in New York, uh, uh, maybe they call it other places, but they'd call it pull your coat. They say, they call it pulling your coat. If they yeah. see you doing something that's out of pocket, come here, young blood, let me pull your coat. Yeah. Let me fucking tell you how you're supposed to be moving because you ain't moving right. Like, and I don't think motherfuckers be doing shit. Like, and we used to respect it. It wasn't like if, if, if a, if an old Jack pulled your coat, um, you wasn't like, fuck you, old Jack. Like, you don't, you know what I mean? Like this was somebody you respected. You was happy. He was even talking to you type of shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh. like, Oh wow. You know, OG pull my, you know, he pulled my coat on some shit. He let me know. Da, 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 da. And then you and then you pass it on. If you see a nigga doing what you got your coat pulled 
on you let a nigga know nah i don't do that if the og told me that ain't how you're supposed to be moving you know what i mean like yeah. and i yeah. and i think we lost a lot of that i we think we at scared. some point people scared, you know man. the disrespect and, yeah. and and the uh the era of you know the parent don't tell my child what to do and stay away from my you know all of that type of shit um got to a point where there was no more you know it takes it takes a village type of mentality it's just like i right, everybody just figure it out figure it out for yourself man nobody's nobody's getting put under the wing and yeah. you know and when you got put out under the wing it was like you know it wasn't for no ulterior motives these days you know, a nigga put you under the wing so you could fucking be a pedophile to you or some shit like that. Like, that's yeah. not what it was. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was just giving back, man. They were giving back. And um, that it, it's a lost art, man. I feel like a lot of a lot of the OGs and adults, man, they, they lazy or they afraid, man, of these young people when they still doing the same thing that we were doing. They was reaching out. They was crying out. It just look hella different now. You know what I'm saying? Um, but we can't be afraid, man. These is our children, man. We can't be afraid of them, man. It's just about your delivery. You ain't you ain't about to walk up and, and grab on nobody like we used to get grabbed up on. Somebody could li literally grab us up and holler at us on that level, and we had to respect it. You'll get shot doing that. But it's so you gotta you gotta watch your approach. You but don't be scared of our youth, man. These is our babies, our future. They still want to be loved, they just asking for it in a different way. And you got to learn the language. You got to learn how to speak to them. If we speaking to them the right way, man, with respect, you know what I'm saying? A hundred percent of them ain't going to listen, but a lot of them are. Cause I'm noticing that, man, I work with kids every day. It's just like, you got to le learn the language and tap in with them. We're going to get them, man. Right. Listen, when I started, you know, first getting on the internet or whatever, and people started, resonating with certain shit i said like i was thinking that i was just talking for um people from my era really you know what i mean and then i'm i'm walking around in the streets and i'm starting to have young kids coming up to me like yo we love you like you know we love what you say on the internet and i'm like damn like and they only know me from that they don't even know nothing about Brand Nubian, they ain't yeah. never seen no art, none of that shit. They just, yo, you the guy that be dropping that shit that we, you know, and I'm just like, wow. And he's be 17, 18, 19. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. You know what I mean? That's something that I didn't anticipate um, that I'd actually be, you know, reaching the youth too, you know, because I'm just trying to, you know, speak the real for, because they're trying to, um, they're trying to silence people from my era. They're trying to silence the authentic ones, the ones that really know. They're trying to, you know, cut our people off from their knowledge and wisdom, you know? And so I'm not allowing that. No. I'm not allowing that. You know what I mean? Like it's not gonna happen because the things that the things that were used to, to actually control what we thought of, it's that's no more. You know what I'm saying? We got too much access to too much information now, man. And it's like, nah, you you it can't do it like that no more. So we got to take full advantage of, uh, of the power that we have, man, to reach the people, you know, and, and the things that you were doing, bro, come on, man. If you, 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 you play, don't let it get to your head. You know what I'm saying? For a young kid, man, like one of my students here, they're going to vibe out, bro. Right. 
they're going to vibe out, they're going to get to it. But that's what y'all set out to do anyway. You know what I'm saying? It's just the manifestation of it, man. We're not going to lose this battle, bro. I know we're not. We're going to be all right. said, peace, gods. He says, I'm tuned in from Nairobi. Dope conversations. I can relate. 100. Had a broken relationship with my old man. Went for three plus years without talking, but we eventually did resolve things. Come on. That's what's up. Shout, Shout out. out to Maestro Fresh West. Maestro Fresh West in the house. Actually, he's getting ready to be a guest on our show uh, very shortly. He has a dope-ass cooking show that y'all need to know about. This is some more fucking, you know what I mean? Lord J discovers some dope shit and brings it to the people. Even, I mean, you know. This is his presentation, but I'm saying I did the knowledge to the shit and it's it's some dope shit. So, yes, I'm in concurrence and I'm ready to uh, bring him up here so y'all can see what he's doing and y'all can follow that man. Um, What's your social media and all of that? Where can people uh, follow you? They can follow me at Dame Drummer on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all of that, man. At Dame Drummer. At Dame Drummer, yep. Now, now, I'm sorry I didn't uh, get to the obvious, but let's talk about the name Dame Drummer. Oh, hang on. We got to stop. Hold the horses. What's up? The fucking, the Godcast Queen is in the house right now. Divine Unique. Sheesh. I-Asia M. Oh, I-Asia. I-Asia M. Peace. She said, peace, Lord, amazing show. My queen. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about it. I said, I ain't seen Iasia M in a minute. We love you, queen. She always shows so much love. She's a, she's a gangster. She is a, a God-cast gangster <laughs> when it comes to supporting the show. Thank you, queen. Um, I'll see but you. shit, right on oh. her heels <laughs> is Divine Unique. Peace, God. He said, peace. I was in the store the other day and saw a youngin about to buy a red Mountain Dew. Oh, no. He had tattoos on his face, etc. That look. I showed him a pic of what red dye does. He said, thanks, and put it back. Don't be scared to talk to these youngins. Oh, Come on, man. man. Come on, man. Start out. Great job, Divine Unique. See, here's the thing. All of that soda and shit is bad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care if it's blue, if it's white, if it's brown. All of that shit is not good. But definitely some red shit. Come on. They're, they're, they're kind of telling, trying to tell you something with the color. Um, But Hello. thank you, Divine Unique. Thank you, Asia M. Much love, always. Um... So what I wanted to ask you was um, about drumming. Your name is Dame Drummer. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the first images you see in the film of your son is him sitting down at a drum set. Uh, so tell me about you as a drummer. Um, yeah, tell me about drumming. When did you learn to, to drum and, and, and how is that? influenced you as a musician is that's your main instrument although i believe you played more than 
just the drums yes yeah that's my main instrument man that was the one i got downloaded with when i came here to this planet bro as the i can't remember nothing else man um yep been playing since i was a baby and um you know so my my son you see he got it honest man he's in so you're playing since a baby how did you have a who had the drum set um i had it at first when i was a, when i was a kid I was playing my grandmother's pots and pans. Like I had a whole little setup, bro. <laughs> Cause you know, I used to watch. See, fat I used to do shit like that. I used to fuck with the pots and pans. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a fat, I watched fat Albert. So I, I built, I built me a drum. Right. Right. Fat Albert made you believe that you could make instruments just out of some shit around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I had dope. it popping. I had it popping. And, um, you know, my grandmother got tired of, you know, cleaning up after me. Cause I, I, I take that stuff out, man. I remember being a baby, man, like a like a toddler, like two, taking them out because they was up under the kitchen sink. I pull them all out, set my setup, pop, 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 uh, and then uh, after she had enough, she put them back, and I go right back, snatch them back out, <laughs> and um. So then they bought me uh, they bought me like this little Muppets, Jim Henson Muppet, uh, drum, drum set. set. I towed that up in a month, and it was cheap. <laughs> Tore it up in a month, and so I think uh, this time I was I was four. And on my fifth birthday, man, they took me to this warehouse in downtown Cleveland. And we walk in this warehouse. And as I remember, it's probably not actual, but as I remember it, we walked through this door and it was a light shining down. It was a drum set set up already in the middle of the floor. And it was a light shining down on it. And they was like, that's yours. Go, go, go try it. And then after that, it was, it was popping. Mm. It was on. You said it was a, they had a light shining down on it, like ah. That's what it felt like. <laughs> and that you what was it felt like, like. Oh shit! I got me some drums, man. And then uh, check this out. I had a drum teacher. I was taking lessons about six weeks into my lessons. His girlfriend stabbed him to death. What? Yeah. His name. What? Was, what? His, what yeah. in the hood? Drum teacher is going on. Stabbing to death, you know what I'm saying? What? Where was that? Where? Where? Where, 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 where was this? This is in Cleveland, man. It's um, I remember they told me too. They told me exactly what happened. I was uh six, you know what I'm saying at that time. They said, "Sit down, baby. We got something to tell you." Yeah, they said, "You ain't taking, you ain't, taking, you ain't taking uh, no more drum lessons." lessons. No more. Why? Oh, uh, your your drum teacher got stabbed to death today. That's exactly how it went down. And then wow. my dad, my dad walked up in the attic and he said. Here, play these, you know, and he and I had a little record player and, he, and in his hand was Purple Rain and Thriller. So I learned how to play drums off those two albums. I taught myself and I just emulated and played all those beats verbatim. Mm. And then um, I just kept doing that, man. I learned how to listen to music and, and, and play what I could hear, you know. And I didn't take drum lessons again until, shoot, I was almost, I was in my 20s or 30s. When I started taking drum lessons again. Wow. Yep. So who are some of your favorite drummers? Who oh, do you, man. who do you, like, whose style do you try to, like, fuck with? Mm. That's interesting, man. Um, I listened to a lot of Phil Collins, man, when mm. I was a kid, man. Um, I listened to Dennis Chambers, but I could never like get down what he was doing I, I could never do it like the coordination it just wasn't it wasn't hitting for me you know what i'm saying but i i was a big fan so 
I would just play, learn how to play the pocket, man. Like Clyde Stubblefield, like I love the way he played. You know what I'm saying? The James Brown break beats was just insane to me. Mm-hmm. So I would lock in with those grooves. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then as things just got modern, you know, drummers like, you know, Chris Dave just kind of like gave me like a, 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 a different way of approaching the drums. And then Quest Love, he's, he has an unfailing pocket. And I was going to ask you about Quest Love. Oh, Questo got an unfailing pocket. And when you hear it on the record, you know it's him. You know what I'm saying? And what all what all these guys taught me, especially like Quest, was pocket pay the bills. And mm. so I, I got a lot of drum, I got a lot of gigs and toured a lot of places all over the world by just holding that groove down, man. I didn't have to have fireworks like Dennis Chambers, who I just couldn't figure out. You know what I'm saying? I found my own style. And just lay in that pocket and it took me everywhere. Have you ever uh do you, can you play like jazz drums? Like you oh, know yeah. somebody like a Elvin Jones? Oh yeah. Um, Billy Cobham. And you know, I can play, can, I can you, play jazz. You can play jazz, yeah. Because yeah. that yeah. shit just seems that shit seems hard to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the fuck they're listening to sometimes. Like, it's just shit just yo but it just all comes together like this shit crazy you listening to you listening to three to five six seven people's lives at the same time right because it's the ultimate form of expression like ain't nobody telling you hey man chill out and hold down the pot no it's like yo i'm gonna say something you're gonna say something we're gonna say something together and we're just gonna go crazy we're gonna let it all out that's jazz bro crazy man. but it's all together though you feel me so such then, a big respect for for the drummer um cuz i too when i was a kid oh what up celeb neils i see you um you know I, I i did the pots and pans and all of that um and i think i complained for a drum set i wanted a drum set um and then my i think my grandmother had got me like a cheap drum set, like the one you tore up. And I think I tore up that drum set, but I knew that it was unrealistic for me to get anything beyond that. You know what I mean? Because the one that I tore up seemed kind of expensive. You know what I mean? Like, so to go to an actual like music store, it just seemed like, nah, this shit is out of, this shit is out of my, I can't even, you know what I mean? I didn't feel right asking for some shit like that, to be honest, like, when I was young like that, like it just seemed like way out of touch. Like that was something. And I didn't really have nowhere to put it like that. Yeah. Like my white friends had basements and shit. I lived in an apartment. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. like I, I had a white friend who had a pair of drums in his basement. You know what I mean? Um, and I was like, damn, I ain't got no fucking basement. Where am I going to put this shit at? You know what I mean? And I got yeah. next door neighbors that's already complaining about me and my brothers making all this fucking noise. How am I going to be practicing drums and shit in the fucking crib and shit? Bro, I yeah. had that drum set till I was about 20-something. Because, <laughs> I mean, it, that's how legit it was. They bought me a legit drum set. You know what I'm saying? So it held. It was a Ludwig set. So it held up until I was Now, know, how much do you think you, they spent on that? Like five hundred dollars, man. They, right? they had to easy, right? Five hundred dollars, bro. I got two other brothers. You know what I mean? Like, 
That was that was yeah. We ain't had no money like that to be spending on no fucking drums. And shit. Hey, they they anted up though. They they anted up. My grandma told me they took a collection though. Yeah. You know so so they so they go funded me. They did a go fund me. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. <laughs> um, but I ended up getting back into the drums when it came to uh, drum programming. You yes, know. Sir. So now when when I make beats, you know. Definitely the drums is one of the things that I'm nice on inside the drum machine. You know what I mean? I can't necessarily pick up some drums and have that coordination to do like the the kick with the hi-hat. It, it just, yo, that shit just seems so, it's definitely a fucking talent. That's all I can say. So was y'all making beats on the SP 1200? Yes. Yes. You're damn right. Yes, that's one of the <laughs> first things we was doing. But yeah. the, the first one that I really was hands-on, hands-on with was the MPC-60. The 60, the one yeah. knob with the one knob. MPC-60, and now it's the MPC-X. The X, right. This is my baby. That 2000 changed the game, though. Uh, the Yeah, although I never got the 2000, I had the 3000. The 3,000, yeah. And oh. then I had the 2,500. The 2,500, that was dope, too. I heard the X is like all of them, though, right? It's like you can you can emulate any one of them. I believe so, yeah. Like, I'm still, there's still shit that I'm learning on this shit because I'm, you know, I haven't had it all that long. Um, But, yeah, it feels great. It's, it's yeah, this shit's dope. You know, I actually... uh. Uh, my drumming, the way that I play, the swing of the MPC 2000, uh, I don't know if it was the 2000 or 2000 XL, but the swing, that swing knob was just amazing. And I don't think none of the other ones quite sound like that one, man. But the way you can swing that drum or that kick or the snare just a little bit mm -hmm. and to give that slump feel, that's how I learned how to really find a vibe in playing. It's all, it's all, man. It's, it's, it's all amazing, man. When you, when you can get your ideas out rhythmically on the machines, though, bro. Now you're a, you're a vocalist, you're a songwriter, you're a rapper, right? It's fair to say you're all those things. Yes, I think it's fair to say that. So tell me a little bit of your influences of each one, like, because I, I, I hear some influences when I hear. You're singing, especially a song like uh, Get What You Gave. Um, you know, I'm hearing like a Prince influence on that. Maybe Off you know. top. Okay. Off but, top. Uh, so, yeah, who are, who are some of your influences when it comes to singing, rapping, songwriting, all of that? So, look, my my little blurb say if, uh, say if, uh, if K. Dot D'Angelo and Prince was in an epic child custody battle with Sade <laughs> and Prince was the presiding judge and shot and, and, and uh, Lauren Hill was playing in the courtyard in the court uh, lobby. That's what my music would sound like. That's what it would sound like. Mm. But I, I really, I really pulled so much from Prince, man, because I was playing them records all the time, man, you know, learn how to play drums Stevie Wonder, man, was the most incredible songwriter to me when I was a kid. Um, I just fell in love with the way he writes. 
Oh, come and on, I, I Asia. Goodness gracious. And, and Sade, oh, yeah, big love. Uh, mm -hmm. Sade, her voice, man, when I heard that, her voice, I said, man, she sound like an angel, man. And what I learned was you don't have to be a, a vocal acrobat. Just hit the notes. You know what I'm saying? Find the tone and hit the notes. So it was basically like Prince and, and, and Sade, I think, is who I found my tone in, you know? Because mm. Prince was very dynamic. He can hit you with the falsetto, and he can hit you with everything else. That's absolutely facts. And so so rapping-wise, you, you see yourself in that someone like a K-Dot is, is an inspiration to you? I mean, he's an inspiration, but I know, by no means, man, do I put myself in the same room as K-Dot, bro. I ain't going to lie. Like, uh, I love Three Stacks. Like, K-Dot and Three Stacks are, 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 are pretty much, like, artistically, I love what those guys are doing. Now, I came up listening to the golden age of hip-hop, man, so I got so many influences. Chuck D., you know what I'm saying? Um, shoot, NWA, I listen to them a lot. Uh, DOC, and I, I'll talk about him a little bit later, man. But um, let me see. Everybody, man, Run DMC, bro, Kane, Cool G, Nas, you know what I'm saying, Pac. I mean, man, so many people was with so many influences, man. Um, I can't name them all. I just really felt like we grew up in a time where music was really pure. People were having fun, man. They were expressing themselves, man. And I, and I, I absorbed a lot of that, man. I wish I could name everybody, but you know, you get what I'm saying though. It was That's dope. Kenny Max said, Sade, my wife. No, she ain't, bro. No, she ain't. He said, no, she ain't. Don't be blaspheming like that. That's, that's my wife. Don't be talking about my woman like that. There I go again. I got to prove my love. Every night Every I have night. to prove my love. I got to fight. <laughs> I got to fight for my love. That's wild. Yo, Aisha M. Damn, you crazy. We love you, love you, love you. Goodness gracious. She's such a see. She's a gangster. I see. That's she, big love, man, for sure. She put her money where her mouth is. That's what she love her to for do. that. Cause we're independent people. Hello, man. We don't have the fucking corporate establishment behind us. Hello. You know what I mean? They're not gonna. They're not gonna want to do shows like this on Black Daddies. You know what I mean? Nah, they're trying to convince you that <laughs> black men can be the mother. <laughs> That's what they want you to believe in. <laughs> that a man can have a child. And I'm a bad guy if I say that that's absurd. You dare not say that. I dare not say that. <laughs> like, come on. Um. So, yeah, thank you so much. Um. Because this this allows us to keep doing what we need to do. Um. So you said you was going to talk about the DOC. Tell me about the DOC. What's your connection with the DOC, and how are you going to connect me with the DOC? And what's up with the DOC? Because I fucks with the Diggy Diggy Doc, y'all. Man, no one can do it better, bro. What an influence, man. Uh, he was a game changer, bro. 
he was a game changer and it was just so I would just say heartbreaking, man, for music lovers, man. You know, to not see him follow that no one can do a better album up, bro. Cause I mean, listen, I think your favorite rappers, he might be one of their favorite rappers. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a that's a bar. Like DOC was people don't understand after he was on the record writing fuck the police right and then he came out with his album that didn't have one cuss word on it not mm. one and i remember seeing that tape i'm like man is something up with it because he don't have no parental advisory sticker on it and put that thing in man and, I'm and like, it was oh, hard man bars after bars after bars so you know long story short man um it was get what you gave that song he saw that song man and um you know he commented something like uh he said crazy one word and i just said thank you you know and then um he checked he checked back in with me he said man that song is ballsy bro you know what i'm saying he said that's a that's a great song he said you got it you got hooked me up with one of those i'm like say less so he calls me man and um you know we start you know talking and he tells me about this movement, man, and, and this documentary that he has coming out, man. It's called The Doc. And it's getting ready to drop second quarter, man, springtime. Um, and it's about, you know, his life leading up to that record, the accident, and everything mm. after that. You know what I'm saying? The chronic Snoop, you know, how how monumental and influential he was in this industry, man, and still and respected and you know, we just got to talk and he said, man, I like what you're doing. Uh, I want to pull you in on something. And he shared something with me, shared a document with me, man. And it's incredible. And I told him I was coming on the show. I said, Doc, you know, anything you want me to let the people know? He just said, let them know we finna change the game. Mm. You understand what I'm in saying? In what kind so, of way? Man, DOC is all about positivity, man. You know. He's a he's an extremely humble man, honest man. And those are like my kind of men, man. I like I just like honest people, man. You know, and he's a straightforward dude. So our conversations, man, um, have been really geared towards doing something positive, man, for for our, our communities, man. And so he's bringing me in on that. I did some work for him um, and he loves it. And he's you know, he's really excited about working with me as I am as him it's like bro the DOC I'm like what are you even doing calling me bro you feel what I'm saying so um it's a beautiful thing man and he's really he's really about to put in some work man some good good work well you know anything that's positive that adds on to the quality of life of our people I'm all for it um I'm down to be a part of it and you know, help in any way uh, that I can. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Rakim's another one. That. Rakim's another one that didn't curse. Uh, right. Raps, yet it was harder than hard. Who, who um, gonna say it wasn't? Right. Um, you know, I've told people that I would love to start a conscious label. Like, I want to find some conscious people with bread and start a conscious label that 
specifically focuses on conscious artists, but talented artists. And if, and in my conscious label world right now, one of the first people I would sign would be you. Um, there's a brother named, um, well, definitely my man, 1159. He's also from Chicago. Well, no, you're from Cleveland. He's from yeah. Chicago. Mm -hmm. Midwest. Dude, a beast. Uh, let's see, my man, Seth Fifth. Um, there's a sister. What's her name? Damn, I think it's Sabri, the goddess of some shit. Oh, I, I I forget her name right now. But she sing or she spit? She she spit. All right. Um, you're the only really singer that. Well, also my man Giovanni sing. He's he's kind of ill, but you a conscious singer. My man Giovanni, he's he's just a good singer. He's not necessarily on some conscious shit. Um, but yeah, people like that. People like y'all. Y'all got some shit that is on some next level, some next level shit. And it's the type of shit that our people need to hear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm telling y'all, y'all need to, first of all, get acquainted by just going and rent this movie on Vimeo. The link is in the description right now. Um, you can rent it. If you really want to support, buy it. Like, buy it because you know like jamar said you know we independent artists and you know there's other work that we want to do i want to write another movie i've already started it um and the other thing is you know just trying to get out and do more work you know so a lot of a lot of artists is trying to do community work you know what i'm saying but they don't have people backing them man so um i have this whole thing called black daddy the experience jamar where um we do part film part live performance i got a band and then um, we do the dialogue, we do the work mm. afterwards. You know what I'm saying? We open up because again, we respond to music. So once the heart is open from a live performance, it's like, yo, be vulnerable. What you really feeling? You know what I'm saying what you really need to unpack right now so that you don't go home the same as you came in so that you can go home and make your own impact in your family and in your community. That's what it's about, you know? So all those efforts, they need funding, man. And, you know, just... Because we're not on labels who just, you know, shoving the bag into our efforts, it's like we just got to go out here and get it, man. That's what's up. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, because you ready, man. I like your logo, everything. Like, you just ready to go, man. Like, you ready. Just the people just need to discover you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they just need to discover you the way I discovered you, and they're going to see the same thing that I saw. Um. You're a so, real yeah. one, though, bro. You're a real one. I mean, look, I done hit a lot of people DMs, bro, a lot, and they didn't respond. Well, you the shit back. that you were sending, though, was very scary. Yeah, They might have enjoyed what you sent them privately, but they weren't ready to stand behind it publicly for fear of losing that imaginary bag. Mm -hmm. That bag that's not even being offered to them at the at, at that moment but they think that if they do fuck with this they might lose out on something so they just don't do it they so it's a self-censorship type of thing um whereas me i just heard a song that was freeing and liberating to my people made full sense and i was like yeah 
You know what I mean? Let's post this shit. I want to see a white man hang from a tree. <laughs> Swing. Hey, come on. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah. You know? Um, so Man. I wasn't scared. You know, that was just... That's my type of shit. Nah, you put your like if I could pocket. sing, that was that's the type of song I would be singing. So <laughs> why wouldn't I post that? Why wouldn't I support that? I'm not scared. Like you know what I mean. Like a lot of these motherfuckers is really scared to stand behind their convictions, man. And um, again, we need frame. We always need a frame of reference of what we want to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to see. If you want to see, have the frame of reference of a solid motherfucker, then you got to be that. If if nobody else is doing it, then you got to do it. If nobody yeah. else is making a, a a a movie that's putting black fatherhood in uh, you know, and upholding it and putting it on a pedestal, if nobody else is doing it, then you got to do it. And that's what you did. Because nobody man. else was doing it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's cliche as it, it's become cliche, but it's a, the hardest quote from Gandhi, period. You got to be the change you wish to see. I know you've heard it a million times, but it's real talk. If you want to see something, don't sit back and complain about it because that's what we love to do. We love soundbiting. We love complaining and talking about what we would have did or could have, should have did or what we going to do and don't do nothing. Like, you got to bust a move, man. And and if you put the work in and that work coming from a good place, it's go come back. It gotta it gotta finish, you know. And but we got a lot of work to do though, man. So I'm definitely um, offline, man. We gonna definitely tap tap in. I'm gonna get you plugged, bro, because I know you about this life. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. We gonna plug. We gonna plug in for real. Well, shit. Um. Anything uh anything else you'd like to touch on before we get out of here? Uh anybody you want to shout out? Yeah, man. Just um I definitely uh I shouted them out, but I definitely want to shout out uh everybody that has something to do uh with Black Daddy, the movie and the soundtrack, man. Uh I mentioned um Kev Choice, uh, Mike Blankenship, you know, um uh, the whole Black London crew, Howard Wiley, uh Ryan Nicole, Kariga Bailey, um uh, Kariga Bailey, man, that's the uh, angel dad, yes? Yeah, yeah. Man, let me just say, you know, on some black man, you know, being vulnerable type shit, like that, his story definitely brought a tear to my eye. Um, You know, that's that's one of the, I mean, there's a lot of impactful stories in this, but that one right there, you know, you can really see that one is really just touching, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that one just, he really brought a tear to my eye and my heart goes out to that brother, him and his wife and, you know, and it was joyous, you know, the way you revealed at the end of the movie, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to give away too much. Um, man, y'all go fucking see rent this movie buy the fucking movie stop fucking playing you waste your money on bullshit all the time there's fucking like 170 people in here i need 170 people to fucking go get check this movie and trust me 
after you watch it, you're going to be like, damn, Lord Jamal was right again. He's right again. He's not sending. I'm not sending y'all no bullshit. I don't bring you no bullshit. Send you somewhere and then you come back disappointed and all of that. I'm not going to tell you no lies. If I tell you something, it is what it is. You know what I mean? And then so, and then we're going to come to y'all cities and we're going to go deeper. Oh, come on. That's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Watch the film so that when we come, you know what I'm saying? We can talk about other things, you know? We right. don't go deeper. Like, can and I finish you come the to New York and then, then, then Lord Jay could host the fucking event and say you know, less. We get it popping like that. Say less. We coming. You know what I'm saying? We're going we gonna to handle all that, man. Just a, a couple more names, man. Um, my Grand National Bros, um, um, Monty Draper, Kevin Allen, Brookfield Deuce, Jane Hancock, um, Tommy Shepard, Kev Choice, um, Lanny Kelly, Devontae, Darius, Sal, Leilani, all these people, man, believed in me and believed in, in my vision, man. Um, so, and Ryan Nicole, we all came together, man, and we did something beautiful. We really made something out of nothing. Um, but actually, it was always something. We just didn't know what we had. We didn't know what, what our assignment was. So I hope that everybody go out and support this film Watch it with your families. Watch it with people that you love and care about. You know what I'm saying? So that, you know, y'all can get the messages and follow the kind of skeletons that we give y'all of things that you could do with your families and with your with your loved ones, you know, especially the brothers, man. Um, watch this film and then let me know what y'all think. We're going to come to y'all cities, man, and we're going to have a, a good time and we're going to take it to the next level. We're going to get our community strong again, man. So that's what the thumbnail looks like when you go to Vimeo, you know, just in case you need a visual to see. Oh, I'm not sure what it looks like. There it is right there. Black Daddy, the movie. Um, and when you pull up, that's what you're going to see. So, you know, you got the right joint and all of that. You pulled up to the right place. Yo, Jamar, one, one more person, man, that's very has been very integral in the in the post film. Um era where we're at right now is okay. my man am1 he's actually in the chat i'm seeing him oh um, okay yes i've been seeing him all through the joint what hey, up am1 tap in with him because he's another brother man um you know in the media that's a stand-up brother and is really about this movement man and um he really been working with me since the movie has been done and, and out man to to strategize on how we gonna you know take this thing and get it out to the people, man. So that's another good brother. I think that your your people should should tap into as well, man. He has a YouTube channel, man. So and also my 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 merch director and and she's in there. Glittery flares. It's a lot of good people, man. That I rock with. That's here What's supporting up? the show right now, man. And glittery glitter, glittery flares right there. Glittery flares, yeah. She she, <laughs> she helped me design my fragrance, so I got some smell goods. I'm gonna have to send you a package, bro. What you got smell goods? I got two fragrances, one named after my grandmother, and then one named after a song that I wrote called Triumph. Yep, I'm gonna nice. have to send you a package, bro. Please, okay, thank yep. you. I so, appreciate that. Yeah, text me your address. I'm gonna put something in the mail for you. I will do that. And, and your t-shirt size. Uh, is this on? It's on Vimeo, y'all. Go check it out. It's on Vimeo. Vimeo on demand. Yeah. Yo, I appreciate everyone that came through. Everyone that dropped a 
Super Chat, I Asia M, the fucking queen of this Godcast support thing out here. Um, Divine Unique, everybody, thank you. Um, once again, I want y'all to follow this man on um, IG. Dame uh, on all social network. Dame Drummer on all social network. Um, the link for the film is in the description. I'm going to leave this episode up. I'm not going to chop it up or anything like that. I'm just going to leave it up and then the the uh, the description will just be there. You know what I mean? The link will just be there. Ready to go. Um, and yeah, man. So I hope mad people buy this. Mad people check it out. Uh, because this is the type of shit that we need to spread. This is the type of, uh, you know, the type of artwork <clears throat> that's actually helpful to our psyche and to our, you know, to our uh, community, basically. Uh, and I thank you once again for doing what you do and, and continue to keep doing it. And I'm definitely here to support and help in any way that I can. My brother, for sure, man. I'm gonna send you the record too, man. Cause it's uh that record has never been done before. Jamar, tell me the time where you've heard a record where the only content was about fatherhood, the whole thing. Never, never, never. And so I think that you know, people hearing that. You know, obviously the conscious people, you know what I'm saying, they're going to mess with it, right? But I think that we're going to reach a lot of people who it's not on their radar because after you hear one or two and then you start to see yourself in that music and feel yourself in that music and see your situations in that music, yeah, it's going it's gonna to hit different. It's going to mean something. It should. Right. If, not, if not, you might be too far gone. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Some, you know, the way people consume music these days, they might consume one song here another song here. they just might like these different songs not even knowing that it's all part of one package that part. you understand what i'm saying and then once they realize oh shit there's a theme here like you know what i mean like this is not a bunch of separate this is all this is all off the same shit and this is about oh i see talking about black fathers i get it okay and if they're not a hater, then they won't be like, well, what about white fathers? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. We've been we've been waiting in line. We've been we've been doing our part, man. It's like, yeah, we good, bro. What about Asian fathers? What about see, they always try to turn it to some other shit. What about fuck that? We focusing on what hasn't been focused on. That's it. Which is the black father. The white father has been focused on since you know uh look who's coming you know what, what was this the shows all these shows back in the days the flintstones is about a white father the honeymooners is about a yeah. white father and shit like that like leave it to beaver all of that shit was about white fathers and shit who's the boss mr bell with the everything boss man. fucking um al bundy all of these niggas is white fathers Married so we, we well know about white fathers the simpsons um, yeah the simpsons <laughs> we had to watch all that american dad uh all of that white fathers all in the um, family come on archie yeah. bunker 
All we all we get is is uh Cosby and Good Times and the Jeffersons. Uh, come on. We got fa- we got family matters too. Carl Winslow. Yeah, Sean. we Carl had a Winslow. few. We had a we had a few, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, man. We we when they're never gonna show um the black father in this kind of light, you know, that he's being shown in, you know. And these ain't no coon fathers either. Like, you know what I mean? Like these are, from what I gather, all of y'all have some sort of consciousness, you know, that's at play in your lives. Um, man. And it a, shows. A black man who full of love and nurturing and who disciplined and who's smart and intelligent, he dangerous. Right. Cause cause he cause that mean he in control. You know what I'm saying? He locked in. That's a dangerous man. And they want you to be out of control. Nah, we ain't doing that, man. We gonna we gonna we gonna lock in. We're gonna dial in. And it's gonna take everybody doing it. You know what I'm saying? It ain't gonna take no leader. It's gonna take everybody doing it. It gotta so. let that be trending. How about that? Let that be trending. Well, brother, man, I thank you for coming through. This has been a great one. Um, you know, when you drop the album or something, let's you know bring you back on or something, and, and um, yeah, let's keep it going, man. Just keep whatever you got going on. Just let me know. We help promote it. That's a bet, bro. I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Real one, ladies and gentlemen, Dame Drummer. Thank you, brother. My pleasure. Peace, y'all. Man, that was great. Great vibes. Definitely go check that film. Black Daddy, the movie. Who's this? Uh, Italian Ice. Six seven years. Say, hey Lord, hey Lord, had a five percent question. Could the eighty-five percent number and the five percent number change if you grew bigger and bigger? Uh, thank you for your donation and your question. Um, that's actually something that actually Shaheem, I think, had brought that up um not too long ago. He hit me and he was like, if some of the eighty-fives no, if some of the 5% end up joining the 85, does that increase the number of the 85% and decrease the 5%? Um, I mean, yeah, technically, but you got to understand a lot of these numbers are also symbolic. You know, 85, you know, the number eight is build, destroy, you know, and the number five is power refinement. So that, it's saying that that 85% of the ones that need to build their power, you know, whereas the 5% are the ones, you know, cause power, power refinement, power is the truth, you know, and truth cleanses, truth refines. So um, the 5% are the ones that know the truth. You see the symbolism in that. Now that if the actual numbers go up and down, it's possible, um, but the symbology doesn't change necessarily. You know what I mean? So symbolically, no matter what 
the actual percentage are symbolically we're still going to be the five percent because we're the ones that know the truth and the 85 percent are the ones that need to build on the truth they need to you know what i mean they need to add on and get them some truth and then the 10 percent they still have knowledge of the cipher so now one is knowledge Zero is cipher. So they have now they know what's going on, but they're using that to be the bloodsuckers of the poor. Uh, but thank you for your question and thank you for your donation, Natalia Nice 678. Appreciate you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, we're going to be back on Friday where we will be talking to Dr. Leonard Jeffries, I believe, as part of the Day of Black Excellence as Happy Presents the Day of Black Excellence. Um, we're having interviews leading up to that. <clears throat> So Friday, we'll be back with my man, uh, Haki Grant. I mean, Taki Grant, pardon me. And um, we will have Leonard Jeffries here with us. Dr. Leonard Jeffries, that ought to be very informative. And I hope you will join us for that. Um, until then, y'all stay safe. Make sure you do the knowledge before you do the wisdom. I want to thank everybody for coming through. Thank everybody who's re-watching this at home. And I'm going to check y'all on Friday. Peace.